Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. And I'm not quite sure what to say about um, this week's episode because it's a fairly packed week. Um, there's odd bits and pieces in there that I've got fairly animated about, as you could uh, imagine. That's normally the case. Um, there's a new audio signature um, in my in my week, but we'll come to that um, again in due course. I have to remember to say happy birthday to my brother, because it was my brother's birthday on Tuesday, so happy birthday, Chris. I hope you're well. Uh, not that he listens to this, and I did wish him happy birthday on the day, but you know what I mean. It's the kind of thing that you feel you should do and, you know, and, and, and put it in there. So um, we'll crack on, um, and I'm, I'm all ready. Microphone set up. I've got a peppermint tea uh, to accompany the episode this week, so that's going to be quite interesting. And we'll, do you know, we'll see how we get on. Let's uh, let's get s- straight going with that that jangly guitar. <laughs> I want to talk to you about Castle Hill. Now, I'm aware that not all of you will know what Castle Hill is. And Castle Hill is a thing. It's a real thing. But it's also something that personifies something that will be in your life as well. Uh, and, and I hope that will make sense as I get through it. I think, there have been, I think there have been three Castle Hills in my personal life. Um, and when I explain, you kind of will probably understand what I'm, I mean by that. But let's um, maybe four. But let's let's go on, and I'll explain it, and you can see if you think it works. So I've been going around, and I've been walking quite a lot, and I've spoken quite a lot about the fact that I try and get out and walk every other day. And um, and what that's meant is I've explored a lot around where I live. And because I'm walking anything between sort of four and eight miles, that gives you a reasonable scope of where to, to go. And as I've also talked about, we're very lucky that I can walk out of the house and very quickly I'm in I'm in countryside and it's also very hilly. So consequently, you move up and you move down and then the, the vista and what you can see is is quite expansive, which is which is great. And I realise how lucky I am. And that's just it's just a lovely place to be. Now, one of the big things in and around Huddersfield is um, is this place called Castle Hill, and, and it's not a clever name. It's a hill that used to have a castle on it. Now, I don't know anything about the history of it, so I'm not going to go into that. It might prompt me to find out a little bit more, but all that remains is is one tower. So you get this iconic image, and it's it's one of those hills that's, that is that that hill you think of that a castle should stand on, which is a hill and everywhere around it is, you know, you, you do it almost to a complete 360 and everywhere is is on the side of this hill. So this it is the pinnacle and it, and it does that whole thing where you could fly around it, you know, with a drone and you'd, you'd see that, that, that this thing is, you know, you've got the whole countryside around you and this thing is atop of a piece of countryside. So it stands really, really... Um, you know, really well, and wherever you are, and this is the point for mentioning it, wherever you are in the vicinity, so wherever you are from miles and miles around, you can see Castle Hill. So what it does is it anchors you. It anchors you to this area, and it anchors you to the home valley, and it anchors, you know, you to where you live. So that when you see Castle Hill, you know you're somehow home. And it it's just incredible that this thing, which is to the distance, 
um, just just brings on that feeling of just being. You're in your space. You're you're orbiting your little world, and you know you're orbiting your world because you can see Castle Hill. So when I go on a long walk, I can walk and I can see Castle Hill from many different vantage points. I'm looking at it from many places over the courses of this walk, but it's reminding me that I'm anchored to 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 the area in the country where I live now i'll i'll try and put an image on instagram of it uh, and i took an image from distance so you can see it so i'll try and put an image on instagram of what it looks like close by and then an image of um of 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 how i can see it when i'm out walking from a from a distance and it is very much in the distance you have to kind of you know squeeze in to see it um but it's it was also one of those places where the um I think it was the for the millennium. I think it was the millennium. It might not be where they put all these baskets up, where they were like the early warning system. I'm assuming it was something about you know an invasion or just warning people about something. So there'd be these baskets that were on high ground, and they would set light to them. And when somebody somebody saw in the distance the basket was lit over there, they would light their basket, and then before you know it, you would you would effectively send a warning message around the country based on these kind of big torches really so it had one of those up up there as well which i think was a millennium thing but i might be wrong um but here's the point where it touches the rest of my life so when we lived in when we lived in the northeast we lived in washington for a while and as you drove up to washington um you used to go past uh, durham durham was kind of off the a1 to the left you go you go around the corner past durham and you'd see this this construct on top of a hill it was like a roman kind of folly and it was called pension monument and it was lit up at night so every time you were driving back if you were driving back from down south and you saw pension monument and you knew you were you were home you were nearly home in terms of you know the house i used to live at in washington it meant i wasn't i was nearly home so that was the that was the visit sort of visible uh, symbol um and i mean later and it wasn't there when i lived in the northeast later you could argue to a certain extent that the angel of the north is very similar though the age of the north isn't quite similar in terms of this thing's away on a hill and it's in the distance and you see it and it's there uh, and it gives you that sense of oh, i'm nearly i'm nearly back home um where the angel of the north is on the a1 you drive up to it you come round a corner and the first time you see it it scares the living daylights out of you because it's huge and it's right there by the side of the road um so pension monument had, was the first one i can think of in my life that was i saw it and i thought oh i'm nearly home that's my that's my reference point for home whilst living in the northeast and then the second one I had was always the um, the cooling towers um, that were just in between Sheffield and Rotherham. They were just off the motorway near uh, a place called the, uh, a piece of motorway called the Tinsley Viaduct. And for a lot of people, these two towers represented a gateway to the north. So if you were if you were driving back home from south to north, you you would hit them and you would either know you were home if you were from Sheffield or around the area or that you were getting close. But more importantly, you were kind of back amongst your own people. And the and and certainly when they knocked them down, there was absolute outrage. Um, because there was no need to lock them down. For for so many people they were such a thing I mean, it's hard to say that two cooling towers were a thing of comfort, but they were a thing of comfort. They were something that you 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 know you associated with being nearly home or being back in the space that you understand. So that's a really long kind of meh 
about Castle Hill, but I, I just think these anchor points are really, really important. And it was only when I glanced at it the other day that I just had this association of images with Pension Monument and with the 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 the, the cooling towers at, at Tinsley, and and it just all came it just all came home. So. Um, let me know if there are any of those in your life. Then, then let me know what they are. I'd be really interested, and to just know whether it's me that thinks that's the thing, or whether it's 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 bigger than that. Tuesday. There's a new sound in my life, and it's the sound of discord. Um, so for ages, one of the people who listen to this um, podcast, Jeff, has been banging on about uh, this this platform, Discord, that allows you to uh, just just have multiple conversations going at the same time with effectively a closed group of people. And I know you could argue you can do that on lots of things, but there's some interaction between um, Patreon and Discord, and it's um, it's just a nice way of collecting people to have conversations on different topics and to organise those threads accordingly and blah blah blah. It's a little bit uh, message boardy to a certain extent, but it's nice and it's intuitive and it's it's got a nice kind of vibe about it. And Jeff's been wanting to set one of these up for the people who are um, patrons of this podcast, of the Therapy for Me podcast, because as a group we've started to really get on quite well and there's a lot of comments go on on the Patreon platform about different episodes. But the problem with that is you've got to keep checking back in. There's no way of it notifying you what's going on. So um, it's not it's not a discussion kind of um, thread. It's more just it is much just more a comment thread. So um, we we hit go on this and it's uh, and, and I downloaded the app uh, and it's been great. There's been lots of nice conversation going on. And if you are uh, somebody who follows this podcast um, on Patreon, then irrespective of whether you are a patron or not, then uh, then there is comment and conversation going on. And, and, and if you wanted to get involved, you're more than welcome. Uh, I won't, must warn you. Everybody who's involved so far is big Marillion fans, so if you fit into that group, then please dive in because you'll you'll really enjoy it. But just 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 as a warning, there's there's a lot of Marillion chatter that goes on in there as well. So the reason why it's become a new sound to my week is because its notification is not like any other notification. So it, I've I've arrived at the point where there are kind of only two notifications on my phone, which is the kind of the ping, the WhatsAppy kind of ping notification, and then there's my um, notification for a text message, which in my case, is the sound of a cuckoo. Um, and there's reasons behind that, and I'll just say uninvited guest, and most people understand why it's cuckoo, who know what that means, but I'll leave it alone. Anyway, Discord's got a different notification. And I've been hearing this noise all week now, and of course, I'm not used to it. I've just got used to it now. But for the starting of the week, I was hearing this thinking, what the hell is that? What is that strange new noise? And most new strange noises emanate from one of the kids' devices. They don't necessarily emanate from mine. But this is the sound of Discord. Uh, and I'm, I say, I'm just about used to it now. It's working great. Um, thanks, Jeff, for doing it. And I think everybody who's on it is enjoying it. Uh, and as I say, if you think like it's something you might want to get involved in, then then just just pile in and get involved and start by finding me on Patreon and, and, and get into the podcast that way around. Wednesday. So we've had the Queen's speech, which lays out the priorities for the new government. And I think, um, and I could go on for a long time about this, and you know I could go on for a long time about this, so I'm not going to. I'm going to just highlight one thing that's missing 
Uh, one thing that I don't quite get and one thing that I really, really, really don't quite get. So let's start with the thing that was missing, social care. Social care, steps of Downing Street. Um, Boris says, we've got a plan for social care. It's ready to go. And yet we're nearly two years into this government. We haven't seen sight and sound of it yet. So what's happening with social care? Um, I was on a call this morning um, which was talking about mental well-being and actually um, doing what we can to help people's mental health. And yet... Uh, the NHS is absolutely maxed out on anything to do with mental health. Obviously, the pandemic's, you know, driven a lot of people, uh, and, and a lot of people, more people are recognising issues with their with their mental health and how their mental well being can be improved. And yet, the resource just isn't there. And that's one part of the social care uh, program, and it's apparently going to be overhauled, but we haven't seen it yet. So, where is that thing? Because, and here's the second point: we've now got. A this whole thing going on about voter fraud, uh, about legislation to um, suggest or legislation to um, you know adopt practices that mean that um, young people particularly will have to be able to bring ID to um, well everybody will have, to, will have to bring ID to a, to a polling station if they're going to vote. The problem being that it disproportionately affects young people. Um, who aren't likely to have the forms of ID they need, and yes, you can get um, uh, the, the electoral, the, the, you know, the, the, they're going to produce a voter ID piece of ID that you can get that's free of charge. But that, of course, means planning, which not everybody's likely to do. And, and famously, we're talking about a prime minister who said that there was no, you know, that he would rip up and eat a piece of ID if he made him carry it. So now he wants to make people carry a piece of ID. But more importantly. Where I'm struggling with it is that the cases of voter fraud are so small in the UK that it's not possible to suggest this is a problem. As somebody tweeted the other day, um, you know, Matt Hancock said something like six cases of voter fraud is six case to, six cases too many. Just wait till he finds out about the five million kids that live in poverty. And that's the point. We're solving a problem here that doesn't need to be solved. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing to see here. We're going to disproportionately disenfranchise people, to, to because we've got in our heads the idea there's a problem. Except, of course, you strip that back, and that's not what this is about. This is about disenfranchising young people because young people are disproportionately more likely to vote for parties other than the Tory party. So this is a power grab. So I've got a huge problem with that, and I don't get it. I've got. A, I'd like to know where social care is because social care is was something and it's not there anymore and of course they're going to throw back this whole thing about um about not being able to protest the thing that i've mentioned in a previous podcast we're going to get that crime bill back that talks to the fact that any kind of noise generated by a process will mean that process will be clo- uh, protest will be closed down so how great it is to take back control of our democracy and then effectively do what we can to suppress our democracy because we're suppressing the right to protest and we're suppressing um, or we're certainly making it harder for people to actually to actually vote. Uh, oh, and by the way, where's the social care? Thursday. The two films I've watched this week have kind of been groundhog films, except they haven't because they've been more sci-fi. But I... 
the, the, there's a film um, called um, Edge of Tomorrow, which has been floating around for a little while um, and is this Tom Cruise sci-fi film. Um, and it's Tom Cruise and it's Emily Blunt. And it's one of these where something happens, the hero um, lives through a period of time and gets killed and then awakes the day before or before this moment happens and and constantly relives this moment allowing them to 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 work it out and to put this situation right and it's one of those films that was um that that's in Tom Cruise's you know it was a relatively reasonable budget film i think and it's the same guy who does a lot of the mission impossible stuff with him um and it but it just never really landed People, it didn't really hit home, but it's but it's considered to be a, a decent film. So, I, I watched this film and, uh, and and thoroughly enjoyed it. Thought it was great. Thought he was great. Thought the, the whole cast was good. Enjoyed the story. Thought it was nice. Uh, I like a bit of sci-fi. Um, it wasn't over, overly gratuitous. Uh, and I'm getting to the point where actually, though I hate to say it, I can pretty much watch Tom Cruise in pretty much anything. I actually think the with the, his his output. As, as a rule is is actually really really good so um so i watched this and then it flipped up with another film that's been on kind of floating around the edge that i wanted to watch for a while which is source code and i don't know a lot about um jake gillenhall um but i had seen him recently in a film called zodiac which i really enjoyed um which was based on a serial killer American serial killer, and I thought he was—I thought he was really good. And so I watched this thing, Source Code, and it's a very similar pre- uh, premise. Except in the Source Code premise, the the protagonist uh, has eight minutes, so he can go back uh, and have what the the suggestion being that when if if a person dies, that some of the some of the electrical things going on in the brain carry on for a period, so you can you can feed into this eight minute loop prior to you know to the person passing away so he was able to get in and 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 be involved in stopping a a, a bombing on a train um and it and it's another thing i thoroughly enjoyed a very very similar premise um living through the same situation very elegantly put together in 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 a similar sort of way he's eminently watchable jake gillenhall thoroughly enjoyed it and um you know and it's just it reminded me of the fact that essentially both films are groundhog day and of course, Groundhog Day is an amazing film. And if you've not seen Groundhog Day, it is an absolute classic and just beautifully done. And they explore it in a lot of detail. And it's very, very clever what they, you know, what they do. Obviously, in this instance, it's more thriller based, so it's more at pace and it's in shorter blocks. And um, you know, it, the, it doesn't have the, the the depth of development that Groundhog Day does. But obviously, it, they're, they're having to fit quite a lot of action in there, which Groundhog Day isn't having to do. So. Um, so two two sci-fi takes on Groundhog Day, both worth watching, both I believe on Amazon Prime. Um, and as a you know, I think I watched an hour of each a day. So I think over two days, over four days, I watched the two films. I split them into two half. Uh, and that's kind of my that's my escape from politics this week, or my ex escape from the normal week. This week. <laughs> So here we are at Friday, um, and I'm going to finish with something else topical. I could have gone with Cameron and Greensill, and I could have gone with all of that. And that's there's a lot in there that smells, but let's leave that alone for the time being, because I also think it's a bit of distraction. I was pleased this week that we got an announcement that we were going to get a COVID inquiry. What I can't get my head around is why it's going to be nine months from now. 
Um, COVID hasn't finished. COVID hasn't gone away. If anything, the news this week about new variants and what's happening and what's happening over in Bolton and what that might cause us to have to do or whether we might have to change the path of the unlocking means that COVID is a live issue and it's not going away anytime soon. So why aren't we learning from COVID now? There's plenty of evidence that would suggest that had we had a lock, had we had an inquiry this time um, maybe not this time last year, but at the back end of the of the summer last year, we might have prevented all the deaths that happened in um, in in January and February and March of this year, because there was ample time to look at it and learn from it and maybe do things differently. We've we've had history of locking down late. We've lock, we, we've we've had history of closing borders late. The whole Indian variant thing is down to borders being closed late, and borders that should have been closed two or three weeks before when it was flagged and weren't. We've history of sage advice not being taken. So why are we not doing the covid inquiry now i don't care whether it's political convenient none of us should care whether it's politically convenient it should just be happening and it should be happening now so it's a bit of a downer to leave everybody on at the end of the week but every anybody saying oh it's great we're going to inquire well that's right or that's really forward thinking of the government no it isn't forward thinking of the government they're kicking the can down the road because in this instance this is not party political and yet it's being played as being party political so let's have that covid inquiry let's get it set up let it doesn't need to be judge led let's get it done now and let's learn from it yes i Get the, there'll be political point scoring if it's done early, and I get all of that, but let's at least do something that ensures that as fewer people as possible are impacted by COVID in the future because there are lessons we need to learn. And I'm sorry if that leaves the week on a bit of a a bit of a kind of slightly aggressive or slightly angry or slightly annoyed tone. I I I again it's a bit like what was some of the stuff in the the Queen's speech. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't, that, do you know what? That just isn't leadership as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, I hope you're, I hope you're all well. Um, and we'll see what the next, the next week brings. Uh, please, please take care. Please stay safe and enjoy the next phase of unlocking from, you know, from Monday, which really is something that we, we should look forward to. Um, but we just need to be cautious. Uh, take care. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.